BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. That's how we own it. What's up, family? It's your girl, Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of Street Politicians, the, the place, place where, where the streets and politics meet. What's good? It's good, son. Another show. It's still Happy Women's History Month. Women doing women's big stuff. Month. Women out here doing anything, man. Big. Yo, for Shout real. Out. Shout out to women. And people are things. watching the interview with Mona Scott Young. Shout out um, to Mona, last man. week. Keep watching. Keep, you know, checking it out. Share, share, share. Yep. Like, keep on like, sharing, like, 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 like. You know? Listen, Mona came and told us some stuff. Some things about a some thing things. A thing about a thing. You know, you know, it's always good when I'm able to interview people who I have history with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, pre- I love that. I love it. You know what I'm saying? I love the energy just watching. Because most of the people that I have history would have evolved into so much more than just music you know, where I first met most of these people in the music industry. And they just have evolved. They have taken music as a stepping stone mm. and they mastered music and then conquered other arenas. So I'm just proud of Mona. Shout out to Mona. Keep I, doing what you do. I love it. But, you know, uh, since we were with Mona here, there's mm-hmm. been this thing called Daylight Savings. I've already mentioned this, but still, I'm tired. I don't. Yeah. Like I told you, I don't know. No, I don't think that was in this. Was it? It was in oh. the last, so that's next time coming up. That's okay, good. A, that's in April where he was talking about he still has his pocket. Okay, okay, good. So that's that's perfect. So now we're just saying it happened and I still feel sleepy. And then I'm saying weeks ago later. So, okay, good. So, good. All right. 
So, you know, since we were with Mona, they, the daylight savings thing happened. And now they're talking about making it permanent. And they need to stick with one thing because I'm really tired from losing an hour of sleep. And I don't even understand, like, what are they? Do other people around the world flip back and forth and up and say, I just don't know. They say they don't. Janice, it's a thing. our director. Daylight saving time is a thing. But they saying it's not going to be anymore. Some people like it. They like it. It's like a thing. Why? Because you go get you more rest. Yeah, it and gets you, you more get... rest. It gives you a different level of energy. Like when it's later and you see the sun out, you go, oh, I, you know. It makes but that's you... the other way. See, you, you're it's thinking of the day going time. forward. You're no, saving all... the daylight. No, it That's all... why it's called daylight savings. Time. I know, but I'm talking about the practicality of it. Okay. I'm saying that you, when you get, daylight savings has two different spectrums. Okay. I like the one where they give you an extra hour. But of course, to your point about daylight saving, when they give you that extra hour, it gets darker earlier because you're going back. The one that happened here last week or this week is the one that takes away an hour so that you can get light quicker mm-hmm. or longer. No, because it was getting darker faster. So, Yeah, but know. I'm just telling you that they need to stick with one thing. So now they're saying that they're going to change. They're going to make it permanent. I don't know which direction, but it ain't going to matter no way because people got to live every hour of the day if you alive. <laughs> hey, that's it. The hours don't change because they say it's a different time. Like you still going to be moving in that hour. So I guess people just be wanting to do shit for <laughs> People just want some shit to do, man. Well, the government and yeah, the world, people like, got to do stuff. We're, we're going to make it permanent. <laughs> Daylight savings time. Like, who gives a damn? Listen, like? doing right because they won't like arrest the cops that killed yeah. Breonna Taylor. How about, that? How about save that they time? Won't, save like, us the time of <laughs> you arresting the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. <laughs> they won't. They won't they pass like the George Floyd time. Justice yeah. and yeah, Police Act. The, the time the George Floyd Justice laws. Take like, the time <laughs> to pass the like do the time for the shit that we need the time for. <laughs> Corey's Daylight over there scene. laughing because <laughs> it's true. Are, like, yeah, and speaking are. of Brianna Taylor, we delivered almost twenty thousand signatures to the Please Department continue of Justice to sign. last Please week. Continue to sign the, petition. the petition is still in my bio. The link is in my bio at, and maybe in yours. I don't know, and but it's in mine. Too. And Until Freedom on Instagram, but it's also on the Until Freedom website. So it's untilfreedom.com backslash. Brianna Taylor, you can go there to sign the petition. It's growing. I na- I see that now we're like above 21,000 signatures. So from the time that we delivered, which was at almost 19,000 to now, people are still signing the petition. We are calling for the Department of Justice to arrest, charge. And I don't know, do they arrest you? I don't think no, they, they charge do. You. They charge you. They yeah, charge they you. charge you. I Sometimes the federal government arrest you but I that's mean, they not could, yeah, they could no but it's it's they charge you charge and prosecute the officers who killed Breonna Taylor Depends so I know but the civil rights division I, I don't think it's they'd not, be arresting well, people well, yeah, that's civ- the, yeah. It, yes it doesn't matter civil rights division it can is based on criminal charges I understand that but I don't think they arrest you or put you in jail I don't think right, we're gonna look it up we sure are. See, that's what we always said. Street politicians, we don't know everything. Yeah, we don't know. And we're going to learn. So that's a question is whether or not 
they will arrest these cops? That's a good question because I don't know. Because usually the state has already arrested them or at least allowed them to show up and turn themselves in, arrested them. And then the feds filed the charges. But I've not seen, I can't remember an incident <coughs> where it was like you, the state is finished and now we see the feds come in and whether you see a, a perp walk. I, I don't know about that. I mean, that. federal charges are criminal, can be criminal. If this if it's a criminal charge, then it's you have to go to jail. But you I'm saying the Civil criminal. Rights Division. I don't know. I think. We're, we're going to find out. We're going to find out because that's a really, really important question. So we will definitely, on next week's show, Janice and family, uh, production family, we need to be able to inform people of the answer to that question. Speaking of people doing stuff, Uber that has too much money, okay? Because first of all, I wanted to be clear that I am personally broke from Uber. I just wanted to know. I just want everybody to know that my Uber bill is probably one of the highest bills that I have, it's, it's, you know, from transportation perspective. I pay more money in Uber than I do for my car note. My car note every month is not as much as my Uber bill every month and I order Uber Eats so sometimes. So whose fault is that? Sometimes. No, it's not a fault. Oh, okay. I'm just making the point of how much people are spending on Uber, oh, Uber especially Uber's since the train is crazy. You can't Uber even go on the train. Killing, especially okay. in New York City because nobody wants to drive. Uber is killing. So now they're saying that Uber and Lyft are adding a fuel surcharge nah. to their their, the cost of their services because something about it helping the drivers. Y'all should help the drivers help with us. the multi-millions, millions and millions and millions of dollars. This should be the time when you take your money and like spend it on the drivers or do some shit, but don't pass another charge on to the people. We can't afford it. People are already spending everything they can spend. It's a scam and it's a shame. <laughs> it's a scam. It's a scam and a shame. They say it's for, that's how they get you because when they put the story out, they said it's to help the drivers. It's like something for the drivers because I guess the drivers have to buy their own gas. So they're they're passing the no, charge they on to, to, no, they, they do need, need to, to give out them. gas cards. You need, you need to, Uber, you need to give the drivers money for gas. You're making multi, multi millions. Do not charge us. Boy, you already overcharging us. <laughs> right, yo, charging for real. Us $50 <laughs> for rides that the cab would charge you $20 for. You're making a killing. Stop doing this to people, man. <laughs> it's not fair, man. It's, it's just not And it's fair. Lyft too, Uber and Lyft. Yeah, y'all bugging, man. It's just oh, ridiculous. No, Uber is mad expensive. Sometimes no, I hit no. the Uber button and I have to And then it should have popped up in two minutes. It, oh, the, the, the fare raised. You'd yes. Like, it yes. was just $40. It was like, it's 52. You're like, what the yes. fuck just happened? Yeah, and by the way, uh, you pay one thing and then when you get the actual charge and it shows up on you, like, you know how it bing? Yeah. It'd be more because they'd be talking about the toll, the toll and the this and the that. And the this man is had to crazy. buy some chips. He was thirsty. Nah, come Water. on. For real? Nah, they, they, for real. There's times when I click the Uber button and the price be so high, I'd be like, I can't even afford can't to go. This. So I'm going to just wait. Yeah, I'm going to wait. For a minute. And then when you wait a little while, it'll kind of calm down a little bit. But Uber be, don't go from the airport home. Oh my God. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a whole, come on. The airport home, 
You might as well fly. You might as well take the plane to your house. <laughs> because you might just, just play. You just lay it in front of your building. That's not only a little extra hundred and twenty-five dollars. That's why I start driving my car because I'm like, it don't even make sense. I'm paying a little thirty, thirty-four, forty dollars a night to if you go out of town, two, three days. By the time you get back with Uber, you take a hundred dollars here, hundred dollars back. You paying the same amount. It's it's absolutely crazy, absolutely crazy. And what else is crazy? That is. And, and by the way, I'm going to make this connection and people can say I'm crazy. You can tell me if you think that this works. Now, you're already crazy, but I want to see if this. If this makes. OK, let me know if this works. The price going up got to do with the people shooting, stabbing and killing, in my opinion. So if you keep raising prices for the gas, the milk, the Uber, the this, the that, the, the, everything costs so much. Remember the meme, the guy, the meme, he right there? No, for real. It's a correlation, correlation between the prices up and, and people, people are mentally bugging the hell out. They bugging and they hungry. They hungry, yo, listen, they bugging. They can't afford they... to drive and get gas. He like, yo, man, I'm I'm, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm not even a man. You got a man that used to be able to fill his car for $20. Now, somebody, I just see the meme where somebody said, my car was on E. And I put twenty dollars. Now it was on E plus. That's for real, though. For real, twenty dollars ain't nothing. It take me eighty five dollars to fill up my car. You lying? Ain't no way. It's no eighty five dollars going to the. I don't know what you doing, but that ain't. Yo, right. did you see Royce today fill up his car and it was ninety five dollars? Royce fifty nine. Yes, ninety five dollars. Yeah, my I ain't guess, up mine. In I know a long you time, don't know. You know. I don't even know what's going on. I can, matter of fact, I took. I just had my receipt. The last time I got gas, it came from because it was time for me to renew my car, my lease. And the last time I got gas, the 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 um the dealer them put it in there. I might just go and let the dealer's gas stay in the car for a while. I don't even want gas. I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm bullshit. Nah, but seriously, it's crazy. And I think there's got you got to you have to be able to see that when we are in a society where you trying to figure out why people are so violent, they don't just wake up violent. They don't just that doesn't just happen. There is something going on and I see a direct correlation. It don't make it right. I don't give a shit what's going on. Nobody has the right to go out and beat punch a, a, a woman. I don't give a hell if she's Asian, black green, orange, purple. What happened to that woman where the man is punching her, they say 125 times, it's despicable. It's absolutely Look, and despicable. Was, the car wasn't empty. It's still- But, oh, so you still had some gas in there. That's, that was 71, $72, crazy. But anyway, it's despicable. These what happened to crazy. this woman? And I don't know if he robbed her or not because I, I don't have the capacity to read the story and understand. It's just too much for me. It's mental health. But, the black man with the Asian woman you told yeah. me? Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. It was really, it was, there's there's a level, like we, we said the other day, like there is really something going on with mental health and people are so angry and violent. And it's, it, it's looking at the times. Like when you look at the times, we are in scattered. People are scattered. They're confused. They don't know what's going on. You know, people are in so much disarray right now. And every instance you see, there's not even a rationale. 
it's not behind what people are doing. It's not like you know what I'm saying. When you look it's at this not. man who shot, do you know the the, the the homeless people? Like, what was you shooting and killing these people for? Like, I thought was it was mindset? initiation to a gang because somebody said that to me. But now I don't think that that's no, true. That was a grown old yeah. man. That man wasn't trying to be in no gang. That man was mentally disturbed, and you had. The man who put the shit on the lady and rubbed in her face. Oh, like, it's just so Yo, much stuff. let me talk. Let's talk about the shit real quick. Because I know we got to get into our, our show. But let me tell you something. I understand the people with the feces on the train. No, I do. No, I really get it. Lord have mercy. I get the people with the feces on the train. Let me tell you why. Now, first of all, he ain't no, somebody need to whoop his ass up and down the world and drag him, like drag him, almost make him feel he's dead about putting that, that stuff in that woman's face. Now that, I don't, I, uh-uh, no. You understand that if somebody rubbed feces on me, even like on the tip of my nail. I'm a loser. I, I don't, I'm, 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 I probably would have ran into the train, off the platform or into the thing. I'm not, I can't, I cannot handle that. Okay. Just the thought of it alone. It's man. just, so that is really, really bad. But I understand, but then I saw videos. Cause then, you know, once one thing happens, everybody want to show you, you see rats in the restaurant. They start showing you rats everywhere. It, I get it. I started watching videos and just going down this rabbit hole of people smearing feces all over the, the train doors, the seats, the floors, the, the bars. And I sat there. At first, I was like these nasty, despicable, funky MFs, right? And then I started thinking about why? Why? Why would somebody do that? And you know what came to me? Y'all people, you and your bougie people, think y'all just going to get on the train and go from work to home and live life. You shopping. You going here. You doing. Everybody just doing them. And we homeless. We literally have nowhere to eat, nowhere to sleep. We ask you for money on the train. Remember, this happened to you. The little guys, the young kids was asking for money on the train and you had a heart attack and did 16 lives about how nobody would give these kids money and you don't understand why people wouldn't get up and give the money and you done got up and made the people donate to the kids on the train. So what I'm saying is I watch homeless people because you know I give money all the time. I've calmed down because I don't be wanting to go through my bag. It's dangerous out here. So I'm careful about it now. But I give, if somebody asks me for money, I try to give as much as possible. And I will go, if I go in, if a homeless person, a houseless person is sitting outside of a store, I go in, do my business. And while I'm in the store around other people, I get it straight to give $5, sometimes $20 if I have it. But there are a lot of people, when you ask them, they look at you like, huh? What? Don't ask me for money because it's New Yorkers and you know how we do. We can be stank. And there are people out here who are hurting. The only form of expression they have other than busting you upside your head is to go smear their freaking feces around to ensure. But listen, to ensure that I'm, your I'm ride, your ride is not going to be comfortable. Yeah, You're not about to just be no chilling. Be- I understand that, but I'm just saying. The mindset is like, yo. It ain't no mindset. It is a mindset. They it's pissed. Sick people. And if people you can sick. understand why a young person might take another person's life, then you could damn sure understand why somebody shit. would be smearing shit 
in a place where the train system in New York runs the damn whole city. From Wall Street and the financial district all the way up to God knows where, 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 to the to suburbs. She's going to be sick to my stomach. Just stay with me. All right. Well, I'm through with it. Listen, it's Women's History Month and yeah. we are not rubbing no feces yeah. anywhere, yeah. but we do have an incredible show today. Incredible we show. We told you all that while we're in this experience, you know, we're, we're, we're trying different things on street politicians. And this month for Women's History Month, we are focused on getting more in depth with these women. And, and next month, we're going to be talking to some folks and having some more in-depth conversations around money, 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 money. So get ready for that. Um, and we're just going to get right into it. Right but into we it. We will be back with our small business uh, segment, our uh, thought of the day. Well, my thought of the day already happened today. I understand why people are smearing feces on the train. I'm just saying. Are you all about the NBA action? you got to try Pick 6, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Getting started is simple. Just download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up with code TBE. Pick at least two players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Like, will they score more or less than 30 points or have more or less than eight assists? Lock them in and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and get started with code TBE. New customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code TBE. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. So this whole Women's Empowerment Month is making me feel very, you know, weird. women. Weird. It's not weird. Oh, it's see. actually dope. Night is dope. Shout out to the, all the women doing anything. And and um, the Women's History Month is a very special time, but I think Women's History Month is every month. And of course, uh, the last interview with Mona Scott, like that's that's one for the books. Yep. Powerful. Shout out books. to Mona. 
Shout out to Mona. She put, she gave us some stuff that right. you don't usually hear Mona talk about on other interviews. So that was love. Right. And Mona is still young, but more in a seasoned space. She's been doing this work, her work for a long time. And there's a lot of young, dope sisters that are coming up, that are building brands. Black women are the fastest growing population of entrepreneurs in our society. And today we are joined by Milan Harris, who is also known as Milano, but her name is Milan. Um, and I, you know, I don't know about everybody else, but I follow this sister on Instagram and I'm inspired. Like I need to get it together. Every time I see her, I'm like, get it together, Miss Mallory. Pull it together. So today you know, we're talk, we talking to our sister Milan. Welcome to Street Politicians, my love. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Look, she got the smile. That's black woman energy. We love that black woman energy that you come to the show with. Thank you know, you. I see Tamika, she's, listen, she swears by your brand. Like, wearing, um, she me, wears, me. look, she got it on right I now. Yes, you look great. No. You look great in and, your mind. just so y'all know, the inside of this sweatsuit is not like anything I've ever felt. It's velvet. It's velvet. It's velvet up in here. It's soft. <laughs> You get, for me, the thing that I love about your brand, uh, Milan, is that I, I don't spend these ridiculous dollars in terms of, you know, money. And, and I'm not saying it's cheap. It's a good price. But but you have so many people selling trash for really, really, really expensive amounts. And then with your brand, I'm getting something that I'm not breaking the bank, but I'm I'm getting a good quality piece that lasts me for a long time. And I'm looking fly and I'm in the culture. And I think that's just so dope. Thank you. Yes, because the brand is affordable luxury. That's a that's a, that's the title. Affordable luxury. OK affordable oh so that is actually a part of the brand yes now it makes sense man and and i love tamika has these trench coats mm -hmm. that i just think is so dope and they have conscious messages mm -hmm. on them so that, that like speak to what, what made you want to do that so i'm all about the quotes if you follow me on instagram i'm all about the quotes i'm all about empowerment and making an impact and making a statement so with the trench coat, I think it's a great piece, but it's like, how can I make a statement? So bad company corrupts good morals. That is actually a Bible verse. Um, so I definitely wanted to include that on there because I think that a lot of people should know that, like watch the company you keep. Mm. Mm. So that, so yeah, because that coat, I have been stopped so many times. And let me tell you, this is my little thing that, you know, I just love white folks. Stop me in the airport. I had a white woman chase me down mm -hmm. in a North Carolina airport because she wanted to know about this coat. I gave her all the information, <laughs> turned her on to your website. Hopefully she got one and she run around here with her good Bible verse. <laughs> <laughs> so you so tell, how did you get started? I know you opened the boutique, I think, in like 2016 or something like that. So you've been at this for a while. Is the boutique still open? Or are you um, exclusively online? So I had got started in 2012. So okay. this year will be our 10 year anniversary, November mm -hmm. 11th. Um, I did open my flagship store in Philadelphia in 2016, we closed down um, during a pandemic. So March 2020, like everybody had to shut down um, operations, but literally we're reopening in April. 
Mm, okay. So all of my employees that I had in the store as sales associates, we literally took them to customer service associates because our e-com had skyrocketed during that time. Wow. I realized a lot, a lot of people said that like during the pandemic, if you had a good product, the e-com just went to the next level, man. What, what made you want to get involved in? Have you always been involved in fashion? No, but I always loved fashion. So like I always was like the one that styled my uniforms. I always was like the fashion girl. Um, I literally really wanted to get involved and create this brand because I always was the girl to wear my boyfriend's clothes. So I always like unisex sweatshirts and I would just put on heels with his sweatsuits and it just would make it a vibe. So mm-hmm. that's why I created a unisex brand. And during in 2012, that really wasn't that popular. So I just took what I like. I just took my natural things that were natural for me and I just created. So most of your clothes are unisex. Most mostly everything that I create is unisex, unless it's a dress. But I mean, it's 2020. So guys were dressed. So I could, I could get me one of them trench coats. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. OK, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go find me one. Yeah, I, I no, like the they definitely the it's the smaller sizes that are sold out. But there are, are larger sizes like you that are available because, you know, I'd be looking at all of that on the site. <laughs> So so your motivation was just was what? Like, so, OK, you're like, I like fashion, but still to get into this, it's not easy. And you are this is longevity for you. Right. So literally, it's so crazy how I got into it. I'm going to just make it a short story. So I was a hairstylist, right? I was a mediocre hairstylist. Mm. Um, my clients only came to me for the advice I gave. So I was like their therapist, right? One of my clients was moving to Las Vegas and she was telling me how much she's going to miss me. And she asked me, can I start a blog? In 2012, I did not know what a blog was. It was like a new terminology. I went home, Googled it, like, what is a blog? And literally that night I started my blog. And on there, I would give out love advice, dating advice, fashion advice, and motivational advice. And three months, I had 100,000 views on my blog, 100,000 viewers. So literally, I'm like, okay, let me do what I really wanted to do. And that was create a brand. And I literally just started creating my logo, my Milano DeRouge logo, and started just making shirts. And I sent it over to a place where... It was very expensive. So I only got two shirts made. I wore one and sold the other one. And then I just constantly just flipped and flipped and flipped. I would literally sell shirts out the trunk of my car, driving all around the Philadelphia area. So that's a hustler. You know, you from Philly. <laughs> that's that's really that Philly hustle right there. You know what I mean? Um, listening to you and, and just understanding how you just matured into this person and, and and it's crazy that you just said you was a mediocre hairstyle like right. most that's, people don't say right. we're mediocre like you and that means that you, you're very transparent you was like yo i'm out here doing it i know i ain't that good you know what i'm saying but and but then you moved and you elevated into something that you was great at what more what like what advice would you give people who are doing things that they might feel a mediocre at and to take that next step to do something that you love and that you might be great at. I think, that's what I was going to say. I think in order to really want to be great, you have to be doing something that you truly love, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you truly love it, it's like, don't stop. I literally, I, I remember when I first started and I used to hear people say, you got to put 10,000 hours in, you know? And right now, like just looking back, it's like, I put 10,000 hours in times 10. Like I literally eat, breathe and sleep Milano DeRouge. Like, it's something that I had no idea that I would be truly passionate about, but it's I'm really passionate about it. And it's not just the clothes. It's literally, I use the clothing as a funnel to really just like preach making dreams reality. I'm able to use my brand to 
create everything that I love. I love fashion shows. I love entertaining people. I love empowering people. I can go and talk on panels and just inspire people. So everything that I truly love, I tied it into the brand. So some people just come for the clothes, but once they leave, they leave with a message. They leave with a purpose. They leave with something bigger. And I love that I get to do that. What's your favorite part of what you do? The thing that's like, you you be ready to do that. And then what's the thing you hate to do? My favorite part about what I do, I would say the fashion shows. Ah, My ah. fashion shows, I really love that. Um, what I hate, uh, more the analytical stuff, you know? Like mm-hmm. the buy-in, because like, I literally had to play every role on my team. Just so like in the beginning, you know, I couldn't afford people. I couldn't afford to hire different people. So I learned every, the basic of every aspect um, of all of the jobs. So um, now that we're growing, we have a team of 25 in-house employees and we have different contractors and stuff that we work with. But um, sometimes we in transition, sometimes people leave or sometimes people get fired. So I literally would have to put my head on and become a buyer again, or I had to put my head on and become uh, the product development manager. So it's different things that I have to do, but I don't truly love to do it. But so like the analytical part, like trying to figure out how much to buy and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. the part that I really don't like, but the creative part, I love it. Yeah, that's like, um, you know, Yandy and I are best friends. That's my sister. I love her deeply. My yeah, son as well. And that is I, when I'm around her, she's got so many things going on, so many businesses. She's always on calls. And that's when I see the most contention. Like when she when they start talking about how many face things to buy and the creams and the this and how many boxes they need. Like I see her get down on some asses when it comes to like spending that money. You know what I mean? And, and, and making sure that they're getting the right value for their, for her, you know, her, her buck, but, and she's doing well, just like you, you know, it's like a lot of black women are out here really making it. So what does that feel like a black woman? And I, I'm, I'm using the word girl, not to disrespect you, but you know, we black girl magic, right? Right. Being a black girl in a heavily white male dominated industry, what's that like for you? Um, I think it's a gift and a curse, right? Because like sometimes you got to prove yourself, you know, mm. sometimes you got to like, man, I know my quality. I know ourselves like we're doing amazing, but it's like we're not seen as certain streetwear brands because I am a black girl, you know, so it's like, but that only makes me want to work harder. I try not to complain. I try to like use that as an opportunity. Okay. They'll see, you know, like mm. they, they'll know that, you know, so mm. it, it's definitely harder, especially just not only the entire industry is just male dominated. Like the photographers you work with, the videographers you work with, like the manufacturers, everybody, most of that is a male dominated industry. So just being a black girl, especially when I first started, it was so much I didn't know. And I was being taken advantage of. I had to like literally learn and I had to like break through barriers and like let them know, like, you're going to respect me, you know? So Mm -hmm. it it was challenging, but I think that it just made me a better person overall. It helped me. Is that your person? Is that your personality to be like a, like, you know, have this walk in the room and like kick the door in? Is that your personality? Because you seem like you're so sweet. And you really don't want to have no drama with anybody, but then people probably force you into this other space. Yeah, my personality, I have a really uh, under-promise, over-delivered personality. I have like, I like to let my, like, so in 2016, right? 
I had went to the Macy's Fashion Incubator. Um, I'm not sure if you know what that is, but it's mm -hmm. like an incubator mm -hmm. where, okay, I was mm -hmm. in a Macy's Fashion Incubator and I remember I'm the only one that had like streetwear uh, where I had shirts printed and everyone else was like literally like designers. So they was not taking me serious until when I walked in, they had like, um, they had different prestigious people in there and they were asking us different questions. So when I walked in, I had on my sweatsuit to represent my brand and they were just like literally like not taking me serious at all until I started talking, until they started asking me questions and I'm the only one that had all of the answers. I'm mm. the only one that had real sales. I'm the only one that had like, real stuff that's happening and then they all was like in awe and i'm like i'm so used to it like i know you guys underestimated me when i walked in and one of the ladies got up and she said i will never do that again i will never underestimate anyone again they mm -hmm. even bring me back come speak to them like literally they offer me to come back every year they bring me to philadelphia university to, to talk to the fashion kids because they know that what i did it was unheard of they never experienced that before you know so yeah, I you, do, you do you do have a level of confidence that you speak with, right? And and knowledgeable, like you you speak like you sure about what you 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 talking about that you know you're gonna do it, and you speak with passion. So uh, automatically, people probably seeing you as oh, this is a girl, cute girl with a, a little street outfit. She don't really know much. She just come here like the rest of these people that design something. And then hearing you is like, okay, and she sure are. Now let me pay attention. Mm -hmm. So that's that's definitely that's definitely gonna get you into a lot of different things. What do how, where do you want to see your brand in the next five years? Mm -hmm. <sighs> All right. So I always say that what I can do in five years, I feel like I can do in two, you know. But mm -hmm. so I try to have small goals, but my goal is just to like constantly just improve the quality of the brand and just like I feel like telling the story more. I think our quality is there. And I just don't think that like we are telling, like my goal right now with my team is like, let them understand the story. Everywhere we go, like people should know that Milano de Rouge is making dreams reality. Like people should understand that it. it should, you should see that. So my goal is really to like tell the story more and just continue to grow globally. Mm -hmm. Continue to grow globally, right? Cause you, but you do have global sales now. Yes. Yes. But you want to be like stores. Well, who, who would be your ideal, you know, uh, what do you call it? Model in terms of who's out there now as a black girl also doing what you're trying to do. And it doesn't have to be a black girl, but whomever it is. Um, I love um, I, I love multiple people. Right. So I think that if it would be like a mixture of I'm not sure. Do y'all remember that store call it mm. in Paris? I do. I heard of it. Like they carry it. different brands. So like I would want to like right now, I think that doing direct to consumer is amazing because you don't have to split any profit. Like everything goes straight to you, you know, but being able to be in stories, it allows visibility that you would not have. Right. So it's like a good marketing tool, you know. Um, so I would just want to probably be in like some amazing stories that carry like um, a, a luxury streetwear. But okay. I never thought about it too much. Okay. So yeah. So you, so we'll, we'll get that on your next interview. Like, cause for me, if I was in sales, I would see you Yandy and Rihanna as three people that I would want. Cause I want the messaging, but then I also want a product like Yandy's that can make you visibly better. You know, your skin, body, whole, you know, your um, wholeness, if you will. And then 
from Rihanna's perspective, first of all, I think she's just a boss queen. But beyond that, she's like she's she's got a product that's sexy. And I noticed that you and Rihanna sell plus size uh, clothing. So your and, and, and your models online, like you're not ashamed of that and you're putting it forward as a part of your brand. Yes. So um, so tell us pitfalls. There's a young woman watching this right now and she's like, well, I got to, you know, I have lashes. I got nails. You know, what would you say are some of the things? Because you said when you started out, you got taken advantage of a lot. So talk about a few of those things. I think a lot of people right now, they got a great product and they got a lot into it. I think people right now are in a space where they are scared. They're scared to be seen starting from the bottom. So like Mm -hmm. they don't want to go hard with promoting their stuff. I'm not sure if you follow me from the beginning, but I post Milano de Rouge. I was on your timeline all day, every day, <laughs> posting everything because look, this is my store. If you don't want to follow me for my product, then get out of my store, you know? Mm. So some people are like, they want to just have, they have two separate pages. They have their business page and their personal page. You look on their personal page, they don't even, you don't even see their product. It's mm. like, they don't want to show themselves. And it's like, it's, how would we know what you sell? Don't worry about followers. If your followers aren't supporting you, then they're, they're not the followers that you want. So mm. and I, another thing I would say is don't sell out. That was a big lesson I had to learn. And I'm happy that I learned it. In 2015, two things happened in 2015 that helped the brand. It broke me first and then it built me. So in 2015, I went through a breakup. Probably like two weeks before their breakup, I went to go visit my dad who was in prison. I told him, I'm like, I'm making money, but I don't see it. I don't know what's the issue. And he was like, okay, explain to me your process. So I told him, I order the shirts. When I order the shirts, I get them printed. Um, and I'm explaining to him everything. He said, okay, so how long does it take you to get shirts made and printed? I said, it's about three weeks. So he said, the issue here is in those three weeks that you're getting stuff printed, you don't have no money coming in because you sold out. So in those three weeks that you don't have no money coming in, you're spending that money. Mm. So he said, the message here is don't sell out, never mm. sell out. So that right there is so simple. You know, it's very so simple. Like you would think that I would already know that, but that right there helped me grow. And from there is like, when I first place the order, the second time I double it, the third time I triple it, I'm always reordering more quantity because I got to believe that I'm going to sell this, you know, mm. I, I got to hustle hard to make it sell. And two weeks later, I went through a breakup. And at that time, my boyfriend, he was my crutch. So it was like, I, it was okay for me to sell out because I had somebody to rely on if I needed it, you know? But because we broke up and my dad gave me that message, it was like, I became a swimmer. I was left to drown and I became a swimmer, you know? Mm. And I literally didn't sell out. I literally just went super hard and I just grew the company. Damn. Damn. Well, listen, man, I, I'm, I'm motivated. You got me ready to swim. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm ready to turn into a swimmer, man. You, you definitely have that motivational vibe to you. Just knowing coming from Philly and taking that, taking it, because I see, I hear the, the Philly energy. And then when now knowing, looking at the clothes and I see the, the influence of Philly, who, who has that urban, real urban look and that feel. But I like the fact that you high, you give it a little more high level when you add something mm-hmm. to it. So I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for you. I'm going to give me a trench coat. Thank yeah, you, you, you got to get your trench coat. You just said something about your father mm-hmm. and and him giving you advice from prison. That's some real shit. Yeah. Like, I think that for me is probably the most powerful thing about this whole interview that you were able to. And, and, and that means for me that 
Black fathers matter no matter where they are, no matter what the circumstances may be, because your father probably turned your whole business around. Like you said, you soared from there. So thank you for that nugget. Now I get the final thing because I'm a girl (laughs) and I get to talk the whole interview because he does. You know, it's okay, Mice. I'm sorry. It's fine. Okay, you take a lot of pictures, (laughs) some damn good pictures. So. Are you, do these photographers, you just have somebody with you and you, in other words, because this is a problem that he and I have, we've had this debate. Mm-hmm. I won't necessarily spend money on videographers and photographers the way that he is saying I need to because somebody needs to catch the experiences. So we do amazing things. We have meetings that are so powerful that if the rest of the world knew what we were discussing in those meetings, they probably it would probably be life changing. But there's no record of it. So I'm just trying to understand your process with that and what made you decide that you wanted to. And I'm, I'm sure fashion has a lot to do with it, but it seems like there's another motivation. Yeah. So definitely, definitely. I think that that should be a part of the budget because you don't know the impact you can make, you know, like people need to hear your story. You know, you are inspiring, but imagine if they were in in on a little bit of that meeting, those jewels and those nuggets that's taking place there, it's affecting the little bit people that at your table, right? You can change the world. So Mm -hmm. definitely record that. I would definitely do that. A lot of times the photo shoots, I'm literally probably shooting like, 15 things in one day, mm-hmm. getting all of the content in one day and then rolling it out. But having a good videographer on your team take, that can just grab the moments, that's really good, you know? That'll literally help your brand, but not only just help you, it can help the world because you're powerful. The stuff that you're talking about internally, it can really change the narrative of the culture. So definitely, I would definitely make that a part of your budget and you'll make more money too. It's like spending a I little bit of money to make more money because- Yeah. People don't yeah. realize she hates to be on camera. She hates yeah. to take pictures. She well, hates to do great. videos. I'm like, yo, you got to. I People don't even like to speak. Stuff. People don't know. I have to tell when I, wa- I walked into a set last week and I was getting ready to film this really important thing and it's coming out in a project. And I had to tell the director and the producer, like, I know that you guys invited me here because you have this impression that I'm like ready because you see me speaking in front of audiences. But I need y'all to understand that I am nervous mm-hmm. and that this is not something that comes naturally to me. And they were like, what? <laughs> you? And I, I ended up doing a good job. But and I'm thinking about even the Grammys. My son literally oh, had to like... Yeah, he had to knock me upside my head almost to make me get that together because I was ready to walk off the set. And nobody else cared that I was messing up because they knew the camera angles. I try to explain to you, this is a process. It's like, just go along. Just get your energy. Once you you start saying something enough times and you get confident and you do it, it's going to work. So she she went through, she goes through that. Like, people don't believe, but she has the biggest state. And I'd be like, if you don't go up there and say what you said (laughs) right here and just get it over, like, what's wrong with you? And then once she do it, it's amazing. So, you know, she got to get out her own way. So I'm glad you you speaking this confidence to her. Y'all need to be on the phone sometimes. Talk yeah, to her. I Look, will. Talk I, you, you take That's my right. I know I, I will. And I and I want to tell you, I appreciate you. I see you supporting us. I see you in the comments section. Yes, sis, go y'all, you know, out there, fist up and all of that. And we we want to support you as well. 
and want you to just know, like just pour everybody, just pour into you so you can go and continue to be great and provide opportunities for mm-hmm. others. You are a mom. You just incredible. And you look damn good. Thank you. Damn so good. So I'm just happy to be associated with you. And over time, hopefully we will become friends and find ways that we can build more together. Yes. Amen to that. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. And thank you for all that you do. You too, my son. Thank you, Queen. Keep being great, man. Thanks for joining us. See you. you. Okay. Thank you. Have a good day. Peace. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. So Milano's dope. Milan, Milano. I still call her Milano. She has she has a, a light a energy. She that does. you just feel she soon, does. it just comes off the camera and she just, and she has a level of confidence that is going, and you know, just make her very successful. So shout out to her. Yeah, she's gonna, she's gonna go places that, um, you know, we haven't even imagined. Like I see her up there with the great. Cause she gets it. She gets what it's going to take. Like she's not afraid to work. She's not afraid to do all of the necessary things that it's going to take to win. Yeah. Just like I know, I understand. No, what just like our next guest? Yes. Well, can I just say one thing though before we bring our next fabulous guest, our, our dear sister. sister on? I bet you, and now we didn't ask her, and I don't want to put it in the context of Kim Kardashian, but again, yet another person who is saying you got to work your ass off for whatever it is that you because it, it ain't gonna just come to you, it's just not. So I get that we. We, and I'm talking about we, I'm not going to put you in that because I don't know your feelings, but we are not the big Kardashian fans. There's several issues that I could pick out. I don't like this, that, this, boom, boom, boom. But you can get what y'all say, uh, 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 the the broken clock is right twice a day. And then they say you can take a crooked stick and hit a straight lick. All of these things mean that you can get messages from anybody, the wino can tell you why you shouldn't drink. If, so if he can tell you anything, he definitely can tell you that. 
I don't know when people, I just don't know what they were mad about, but let's bring on our next guest. Our, our next system. guest, someone who is no stranger to us, to us to street and to the world, not to, to street, just every, like, this woman right here is a trailblazer. Yes. Like is you can't even really give her enough praise. Like mm-hmm. I met her. It's, how long has she been home it's from been prison? Two about years. three, about two out. years. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first they day ain't I no met two her. Years. It's been Jamila been on our three, ass for more than two three, years. <laughs> maybe three, four. Maybe maybe three or four. I ain't gonna go okay, no more yeah, four. But I remember mm-hmm. we was at an event, and um, Jamila had just came home, and she had on her heels. She couldn't even walk in these heels. <laughs> she we was in the parking lot, and she was like, "Yo, my feet is killing me. I can't like I gotta I gotta get in my car." But from that day, just watching her and the energy she had she that day. she's walking in her heels and now, And she's walking baby. those heels. She dancing baby. in them heels now. She <laughs> bouncing. She's doing everything in them heels. And just watching her grind, man, from just coming home to creating programs, to creating one of the biggest online merch things that I've seen. Just always innovative. Jamila calls me with ideas, and she don't just call you with ideas. She called you with the idea and then called you and said, it's done. Let's go now. You understand what I'm saying? So you don't have too many people that even matches our sister's, you know, willpower and strength, even after serving time in prison. So just being able to talk to her and always uplift Dr. 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 Jamila T. Davis. It's always a pleasure. Hello. Hello. What's up, guys? Definitely a pleasure to be with y'all today. Yes, what's good? So, so listen, Jamila, we just finished interviewing um, Milan, Milan Harris of Milano de Rouge, um, who has an incredible brand. Uh, her e commerce has gone out of control over the last, uh, you know, two years. The pandemic e commerce spike, if you will. Uh, she's been. This is about to be her ten year anniversary. And, you know, she she was so incredible. And by the way, happy Women's History Month, because that's what this whole yes. episode is about. And this whole month of March, we're focused on powerful women that's doing big things from different angles. We had Mona Scott Young on last week talking about the industry, talking about TV, film, reality TV and all those things. And then today we're focusing on black women in business, but particularly a business that is for us, by us and about us, right? Like our cultural um, uh, expression. But there's a thing that happened in the interview that I think applies so much to you. You've been writing books. You have been, I've met several women not in your presence, who were in prison with you, who have said, you know what, I I met Jamility and she did this for me and she showed me this, she educated me or we learned this together. She taught me how to write books. This is something that people say about you because that's who you are. Mm -hmm. And in the interview, Milan said, that when she she couldn't figure out why she wasn't making money, right? She was like, I'm, I know I'm making money, but I'm not, I don't feel it. It's not in my pocket. I'm not seeing the money. And she said that she went to visit her father in prison and her father asked her to break down the full process of her business and the issue, like how is everything working? And he found the hole. He found the hole he, for he her. He pretty much changed her life with, with his influence and his understanding and his education to her about why she wasn't seeing her money. And she said that was life changing. It completely changed it for her. So, so, that, so I, when I hear that, 
I think about you and this interview is not about what we always talk about. You talk about that all the time. You know, you went to prison, you spent time in federal prison, all of that. We we know that story. If you don't know, if you're listening, you should go and Google Jamila T. Davis and you can learn all about it. But the street politicians family, you, you all are very much aware of who she is. But from a perspective uh, that some people, they don't they don't believe that folks who are in prison have the power and the education necessary to educate and to help people grow from a business perspective. Mm -hmm. Why don't you talk about that mindset and then where it has brought you to today? So prison is a place that, first of all, you're going to tap into yourself. So much happens in the world. So we're going, 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 and we don't have a chance to stop. You got nothing but downtime in prison. So I know for me, that's where I had a mind shift. Like, what do I want to do and how I'm going to do it? And I had time to research and read. So it's no surprise that her dad was able to give her the answer because he's been in a place where he's been studying. He's been waiting for his chance to get back out in society and do it all over again. And for me, I was hungry to come home, but I knew when I came home, I was going to need to have the tools and the resources lined up to be able to hit the ground running. And so that's the place. That's the lab right there. And my song, you know that that's the place where you really get to go in, get your books, get your plan and really have time to sit down and think. I tell you all the time, some of the most brilliant people I met are still in prison. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and a lot of them charged me and gave me a lot of information. And it's because they seen something in me. And it's like, yo, you got to take this information because we're not going to be able to re-enter society. So you have to take this information and give it. And I think that's the reason why I'm so passionate about everything that I do is because I know there are brilliant brothers who are sitting in prison who will never have the opportunity to put forth the knowledge and abilities that they have. So there's, I tell people all the time, you know, you do not understand how many brilliant minds are trapped behind these walls. Mm, you know? Brilliant minds trapped behind the walls. So shifting a little bit, you you come out, you've created so many things and have also helped others to create. So you have been instrumental in really pushing us to start Until Freedom and then helping to design the logo and, and creating, helping us create a brand um, and really just understanding that it was time for us to stop playing the whole, like, we don't want to start an organization. We just fine as we are. And you were like, nah, we need to have merchandise to sell. We need to start an organization where we can house our um, our our theory of change from a movement perspective. And so I, you know, we have to give you your credit for that because you certainly have done that. But you've now built, well, you can go ahead and say thank you for me saying that nice thing about oh, you. Nah, <laughs> my family and I want us to secure the bag. It's important that black people do business. We do a lot of things sometimes, but not the business of it. So mm. business is very important. And I'm grateful that y'all are doing y'all thing and y'all take took care of your business. It's very yeah. good. So now you have started Black Women's Lives Matter. Yes. I remember you being like, nah, this is it. I, I, I see it. It's a vision. I know everybody's walking around wearing sweatshirts and whatnot with messages, but they not like dope, dope, dope. And you were like, I'm going to go ahead and create that. So number one, what was the transferable skill that came from your previous life 
to what it is that you're doing now. And then just talk a little bit about Black Women's Lives Matter and what it is in totality, because it's not just sweatshirts. Now that's real. I guess the transferable skill for me was the power of networking and maintaining relationships, right? Relationships are everything. They're the things that get you to where you got to go. It's gatekeepers on every level that open up a door for you. And if you rock with a gatekeeper, you can get to the front of the line and you ain't got to wait all the way at the back. So from the streets, I learned that it's important to network with the right people, right? See what other people got going on and you got to move with the movers and shakers. And pretty much so coming home, I applied that same thing to my life. Networking, honoring relationships and learning from, from others so that I don't have to recreate the wheel. I could just spin on the wheel that's already going, right? Mm. So that was my skill set there. And um, since I came home, I was able, as you said, to create Black Women's Lives Matter. And it's important to me because Black women are important to me. Um, I'm a product of, you know, people know about the school to prison pipeline, but we often don't talk about the trauma to prison pipeline. And that's what women, oftentimes women go to prison because they're dealing with some type of trauma, low self-esteem, not loving themselves enough, being abused, so forth and so on. And those are issues that young Black girls go through. So actually, since coming home, I was able to do my dissertation on um, life coaching as a tool to de deter the trauma to prison pipeline. And from there, I just realized that not enough love was being placed on women, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's how you know, Black Women's Lives Matter came about because I just wanted to do something to let my other Black sisters know how dope, how wonderful, how great they are, you know? And I wonder if someone would have did that to young Jamila and really sit her down and school her, chances are she wouldn't have made the mistakes that she once did. So I came home and I started a brand, um, which is not just a brand. It's not just a clothing line, you know, it's a movement. So we have an online platform where women are able to express themselves. We talk about everything women um, related. We did a lot of entertainment in the beginning and that's how we got our numbers up because you know, black people love some good entertainment. Mm -hmm. However, I realized we was missing something. And then that's when we created All News Black Women, which is the news platform for Black Women's Lives Matter. And what we do is just showcase women and all our issues and highlight phenomenal women doing amazing things. So on this, you know, Women's History Month, it's just dope to be here as you guys are uplifting women and we're uplifting women. If we all do that and keep that wave going, we're going to have something incredible. Oh, man. I, I love, you know, I love always hearing you because it's always motivational, but you're very intentional about brand building, about making sure that there are photos, making sure that you 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 document everything that you do. Like you always say that. And we were just talking to Milan about the same thing. What is what do you think is the most important thing about building a brand? How do you what is the, the main steps that you go through to building your brand? Okay, so that's two part question. Yeah. Without a brand, you have nothing. People need something to know you by. Who are you? What's mm. your why? Right. So a lot of us are moving amiss because we don't have purpose. Brand is purpose. It's the reason why you're here. So it's important to brand build so that you can attract people to your cause and what you're doing and you're intentional about what you're doing. So that was for me. I knew it was important to build the brand, to document things, to make people understand the why. And when they understand the why, then they could subscribe to your movement. 
Mm. So you now speaking of videos and pictures and all of that, you love to dance. That is the <laughs> Jamility Davis brand. And you are not ashamed of expressing yourself in a lot of different ways and also have, you know, helped to bring some of us out and to be, you know, more fun and 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 not so stuffy and, and you know, tight all the time. Is that that's is that just your marketing tool or is that really just who Jamility Davis is? I just am what I am. Right. <laughs> so for me, like I was locked up for 10 years and I didn't even think I could make it. I didn't think that I would make it over the edge and to get out and to be liberated. I am free. So when I dance, baby, I dance because I'm free. I'm grateful to dance and have a good time. And I'm not really worried about necessarily what people are thinking about me. I'm, I'm, I'm worrying about what's on the inside being expressed. Because see, that's the other thing. When we're not really true to who we are, we're really living in another kind of prison and we're really trapped inside. And I don't want to be trapped inside. And I think people are attracted to it because they see the freedom in me. I'm just going to be me. And if you like me, great. And if you don't, that's okay too. That's okay too. Well, on that note. Well, listen, Jamila, you know I love you. you know, I love you too. Tell them some other things that you're doing outside of just, you know, um, Black Women Lives Matter. Give us some other things, other business things that you're doing. Because you like you, you are a serial entrepreneur. Yes. And I'm also a social entrepreneur. Right. So social entrepreneurship is all about creating businesses to change the world. So speaking of that, now, since I came home, I was able to get my PhD. So as they said, I'm Dr. Jamila T. Davis. Um, I'm a community practitioner in residence at Seton Hall University. So I Ooh. teach classes there, right? Um, uh, now my partner, Angelo Pinto, who's also a part of the Until Freedom yes, team. Sir. You know, we've teamed up to do amazing work now at Yale University, where I'm also a researcher. And there's a business in that as well. So people see nonprofit work and they often think that, oh, that's not business. But it really is business because Absolutely. successful nonprofits build their business to be sustainable so that they can have resources to change the world. So with that said, we've created the Be the Change Makers program. We're actually um, finishing up our book that we're doing together now. Now, that should be released pretty shortly, right? Um, and pretty much we're creating materials to teach others how to be social entrepreneurs and how to make money, but make money on purpose. So you're making money and giving back at the same damn time. Mm -hmm. And besides that, I'm in schools um, all throughout the tri-state area, now really schools throughout the country, um, creating curriculum to uplift our youth, you know, creating crime prevention programs, because I think that instead of just trying to combat crime, we need to make sure it doesn't happen. Exactly. So what's the interventions? How are we lifting up our sisters and brothers in school and showing them that they can do anything and nothing is impossible? So we create amazing programs for them to do that, too. And that's a business of itself that's very, very successful. But it's social entrepreneurship, which is all about creating businesses to change the world. Mm. Well, listen. If you if you are watching and you ain't get you something get from that from this and just from this entire episode, I don't know what to say, because I don't care if you've got a lash business, a sweatshirt, a hair business. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter what it is you're doing. The thing we have heard consistently is working hard, 
being intentional about relationships that you're building and that networking piece, and also just having purpose. Like both of these individuals, and I think it's, it, it's powerful that we had both Milan and you, Jamila, in the same into in the same uh, um, excuse me in the same episode because she has on her trench coats and other products. Bible verses and other very powerful words. And then here you are, someone who on, you know, the the, the sweatshirts that you sell um, and other parts of your business, your inspiration and those words that are there, being a Black queen, um, the shirt that you have with me on it, where you're listing the names of freedom fighters, um, you know, over the years. Those things are very powerful. And I think it is that when people are trying to figure out why is my thing not growing? Like, why is my lash business not growing? They've got to figure out how to make your lash something that helps people, women feel better about themselves. Um, You know, uh, if if a person like Tamika Mallory goes out and and speaks and my lashes make me feel better, even though I'm dealing with death every day and, you know, and such trauma filled work, you've got to be able to attach purpose to your work. And you've been able to do that. Um, You've been able to help others do that. And we just want to make sure this Women's History Month that we give you your flowers and just pour into you and say thank you for all that you are and all that you do. JTD, you know we love you. Absolutely. Love you, Jamila. Love you too. Keep being great, Queen. Thank you. And that's our sister, Jamila T. Davis. As in the normal fashion that she always comes in, the energy, the insight, the positivity. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't even understand you wouldn't even think if she didn't tell you, you then wouldn't think she was in prison. You just wouldn't have thought oh, that. Oh, no. Because she I would was, never have thought You would that. have never thought that. You just I don't even she, think when she was in prison, she you would think she was in prison. I think that's that's a whole that's a whole show. Is the mindset you have to have to be able to get through a 10-year sentence. It is. You know, I know in my seven-year sentence, right, what my mindset was, I wasn't going to adapt to prison. I was going to make prison adapt to me. Mm. And I think that's that was very instrumental to me because I didn't get involved in the politics of prison. I didn't want to be engaged in prison. I wanted to. Jamila was running the politics in prison. Yeah. Everybody tells me. I didn't want nothing to do with it. I wanted to. I was I was like, I'm literally just visiting here and I'm taking all the things that I need to make myself better when I get back outside. I didn't really engage. I wrote. I read. I worked out. I played basketball. I did things that physically and mentally stimulated myself. Whereas people, you can get caught up in prison politics and whose drugs is this and who's gambling on this and who's trying to get this girl and all, all of that type of stuff keeps you How are you going to get a in girl there. in the prison? I don't understand that. See, this is just what That's you don't know. It's a whole different it's conversation. It's a whole different world. Now, let me say, how, let me ask this question. What is it like? What's like year after year? Like, like. I, I just try to think every time I hear y'all say seven years, 10 years, my brother did all this time. What is it like? Like a year, like a year is a it's long literally, you time. Li- you, you literally feel every second in prison, mm-hmm. right? There are rare moments where something is happening that you like, oh, five hours just went by. I ain't even realized. There's very rare moments, you know, something that you engage in or you read in a book that you really interested in. So it's like a slow drip. It's like a every day. slow drip. Like you be like, I used to, I tell you all, I used to wake up 
in the morning after having a dream that I was home and open my eyes and think I was home and then realize that I was still there. It was the most deterrent feeling in the world. You wake up, you go, like, oh, I'm home. And then you open your eyes and you see that cell. You're like, damn, man. Like, why trick me like that, God? Like, you really, because you really feel like you was home. So it's very, very slow. So you have to find things that interest you, that motivate you, that empower you. That That's why I spent a lot of my time working out and writing and reading, because those are things that consumed a lot of my time. So you get on a schedule, you get on a schedule that you like, all right, boom. I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna work out in the morning, I'm gonna come back, I'm gonna read my book, then I'm gonna have basketball time, and then I'm gonna play basketball. When I come back, I'm gonna read this book or I'm gonna listen to my music until I, and I'm gonna write something until I go, so this is your, pro, you got a program, I'm gonna go to this accounting class that they're giving me, I'm gonna go take this accounting class, I'm gonna go to the law library, I'm gonna read up on my case, study some case law, then I might go to the gym, and then I'm gonna go back. So you, when you got your routine, it makes it, it go faster. Time. It takes some time, but when you don't have a routine, it's like you feel every second of that time. Wow. Like, I just, I think of a year. And a year is, is short, but it feels long when you're dealing with trauma and stress and what have you. We used so, to count Super Bowls. That's how we count a year. Oh, like every time a Super Bowl comes, we're like, I got four more years. Wow. Four more Super Bowls. Wow. Four more Soul Train Awards. I got three more Soul Train Awards until I go home. So that's how. Like we we use certain markers to mark our time. Well, shout out to so many women during this Women's History Month who are also locked up. Yes, locked behind the bars, uh, behind the walls, as we say. And you know, again, you know, Milan and and her statement about her father, because even people who are not doing the time every day are also in a form of prison when you have to visit, especially your parents. Mm-hmm. in prison or your significant other. But thank God that there is always some positive, no matter what the story, no matter what the circumstance, but it's up to you to find that positive. That's right. To find whatever it is that is the motivating factor for how you go forward in the rest of your life. So that's that. DMX said it's to live is to suffer, but to survive is to find the meaning in the suffering. Mm, to live is to suffer. But to survive is to find the meaning in the suffering. Well, there you go. There you have it. R.I.P. to the great DMX. And with that said, another great episode. You're doing all right, kid. You're doing all right. Shout out to Milano DeRouge, who came here with her energy. And, and you know, I wish her all the success in the world because I love Mm -hmm. seeing that grit and that energy. And also shout out to our sister who would not be denied success by any <laughs> means necessary. Jamila T. Davis is going to get to that bag and she's going to be successful. And she's also going to change lives in the process. That's so shout right. out to both of these women during Women's History Month. Phenomenal women doing your things. We salute you, queens. I don't think there's nothing else to say but that we the number one show in the world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and we're going to keep being number one. Oh, shout out to my guys. Beautiful life. Beautiful life, my man. My man Joey, this is his brand. I ain't, I ain't shout him out, all, but you know, this it's is kind of fresh. It's kind of fresh, it's man. Fresh. I'm, you know, we gonna we working on some. It's you know, Joey, we gonna just give me a little PC. We are gonna do what we do. You know what I'm saying? Oh Lord, you, nah, you, but you know, NFT, nothing but love. NFT, look, we NFT, can make this a beautiful got- life as an NFT. <laughs> we gonna, yo, Joey, I got you, King. Shout out to Embroidery Kings. I appreciate you, man. Listen, another dope episode. 
I'm not gonna always be right. Tamika Mallory is not gonna always be wrong, but we will both always, I mean, always, 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 always be authentic. Peace, y'all. Listen to Street Politicians on the Black Effect Network on iHeartRadio. And catch us every single Wednesday for the video version of Street Politicians on iWomen.tv. Got my Prevna 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk, get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.